that's your testimony today, I dare you. I dare you make some noise in the house of the Lord. If your testimony, if your testimony is, if your testimony is, it don't make no never mind what it is that I'm going through. I dare you give God a praise in here today. How many of you have put your faith in Jesus? I dare you stand to your feet and give God a praise. I dare you stand to your feet and give God a praise. All over the building, if you love him, if you believe in him, despite what it is that you're going through, I dare you. I dare you give God a praise. No matter how crazy it looks. No matter how big it is. No matter how many of them that it might be. No matter where you stand in it, I dare you. I dare you, I dare you, I dare you, I dare you. How many of you know he'll never let you down? How many of you know he'll never let you down? Hallelujah. Hey. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. See, if you ain't never been through nothing, this song don't do, you know what I'm talking about. If you ain't never been through nothing, this song don't do nothing for you. But if you've been through a few things, if you've traveled through some storms, if you thought about giving up, if you contemplated throwing in the towel, if it was some mornings that you didn't even want to get out of bed, Lord have mercy. This is a song, this is an anthem for those who have been saved. <laughs> this is an anthem for those who have been through hell. Yet somehow, some way, ain't no somehow, some way, yet Jesus stepped on the scene of your issues. Jesus stepped on the scene of your madness. Jesus stepped on the scene of what was bigger than you. And he began to do a work, Lord have mercy. This is an anthem for the folk that's been through something. This is the anthem for the folk who dealt with depression. This is an anthem for those that dealt with addiction. This is an anthem for those that dealt with alcoholism. This is an anthem for, oh, I don't hear me up in here. My anchor to the ground. How many of you believe it? He'll never let you down. How many of you believe it? He'll never let you down. How many of you believe it? He'll never let you down. That's my part right there. He will never let you down. I don't care what it is. I don't care where you are in it. He will never. He will never. He will never let you down. Woo! I dare you declare it. I dare you declare it all over the building. I dare you declare it all over the building. Come on, come on, you what? Here. I dare you declare it right now. 
Let's give God a hand clap of praise. your faithfulness you know you you can see him working out in the lives of somebody else and you can you can shout and you can praise you can see the the miracle take place in somebody else's life but it's something about when you can say great is his faithfulness to me It's, 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 it's what you have to endure. It's what you have to endure while he's being faithful. Lord, have mercy. Have, have you ever been through so much hell in your life that you didn't even see him? You couldn't even see him being faithful. You, all you could see was the hell. Anybody ever, ever, anybody ever been in a storm so heavy that, that you couldn't see God working it out? All you could see was the storm coming over you. And then somehow, some way, you wake up one day and you look around and, and the water has passed. The floods, Lord have mercy, have evaporated. The, the storm is over and, and everything is all right. And, 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 and you begin to say, you begin to say, great is his faithfulness to me it's something about when he does it for when he does it for me I, I bless God when he does it for you I, I bless God when he does it for you I, I bless God when he does it for you but but it's something about when he does it I don't want to be selfish in here but maybe somebody that's been through some hell and high water understands what I'm going through it's something about when he does it for me oh. Woo. That, that, that don't make you selfish that don't make you narcissistic that don't, that don't make you any of that it's just something about when he, when he does it for me. I, I want him to bless you. I want you to get victory in every issue of your life. I, I want your kids to be okay. But it's something about when he does it for me and mine. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> that, that's, what your, that's what your anthem has to be. You know there's so many anthems to this song. When he says, I still bless you. That's when you can't see the storm passing over. <laughs> That's when they've slammed the door, walked out, and, and left you by yourself to deal with whatever it is that you're going through. <laughs> when you can declare, I'm still going to bless you, but, but the depression is past 10. Lord, have mercy. When you can declare, I'm, I'm still going to bless you, but, but it don't even look like you. Oh, God. 
I'm going to trust you when I can't trace you. And when you can say, I still bless you, though I'm hurting. Lord, have mercy, I'm hurting. Lord, have mercy, I'm hurting like never before. I've never hurt this much in my life, but I'm going to still bless you. That's the part that makes you, see. That's, that's the making of you. That's the making of the new you. When you got more bills and you got money, but you say, I'm still going to bless you. And the way that I'm going to bless you is I'm not going to sin against you. I'm going to take you at your word. I'm going to believe what you promised. I'm going to bless you. That's how you get bigger in God. That's how you get stronger in God. That's how. Sometimes we forget that he ain't never let you down. Sometimes you forget that, don't. Listen, I want you. I want you to catch this. I want you to catch this. Be careful of when him bringing you through resembles you still going through it. See, see, some of us have been so conditioned to the hell. Some of us have been so conditioned to the issues that we don't see, we're not able to acknowledge, we don't notice when he's bringing us through. Lord, have mercy. So some of you are singing this song, but you don't even believe it's for you. Truth be told, you don't even believe God is moving in your circumstance right now. The Holy Ghost told me to tell somebody in here because somebody is remembering advice. Somebody is remembering something that went down and they're saying, maybe this is why we're going through it. Maybe this is why I'm right here. But God said, don't make no never mind why you here. Don't even worry about that. What you worry about is your faith in me. Worry that I can, that I can, that I can. <laughs> Ain't that awesome? When God tell you don't worry about the why. Just watch the bout to be. When God said don't worry about the why, just just watch the bout to be. Oh Lord, how mercy. Is it anybody excited about your bout to be? I'm about to be off the hook. I'm about, to, I'm about to be happy than I've ever been. I'm about to do it like I've never done it before. I'm about to have more than I ever had in my life. We about to be better than we ever been. We about, woo! We about to be better than we ever been. Anybody know what I'm talking about in here? So I'm still gonna bless you though it don't look like it's working out for me. I'm still going to bless you, though I don't see no good in it. I'm still going to bless you that I've been knocked upside my head so much that I really can't tell right from... I'm trying to bring this thing to an end. <laughs> but if you've been through something, you know it just ain't that easy all the time. It ain't always so easy just to let it go. If you've been through something, you just can't rush through worship because worship is one of our ways of allowing God to know, I saw what you've done, 
I saw where I was, and I see where I'm at right now. And God, I bless you. God, I bless you. God, I bless you. God, I dare you declare it. God, I bless you. God, I bless you. I don't care where I am right now. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. 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 Hey. Hallelujah. I mean, how? Hallelujah. I'm still gonna bless you. I'm still with tears running down my eyes. I'm still gonna bless you with pain rocking through my body. I'm still going. tell you something. Let me tell you something. The reason why we're not able to let this go right now is because every soul in this building is going through something. Your something might not be as big as her something and her something might not be as big as his something but but every I hear you Holy Ghost every soul in this building is going through something. And in the middle of this, in the, in the midst of this madness, I, God, I thank you because you sent a song. You, you sent, you hear me? He don't even got to send a prophet. He ain't got to send an angel. Sometimes he just sends a song. You, you, you get a right to get happy when you hear a certain song because, because he loved you so much. He says, he says I'm going to send what... What I know will touch you, because sometimes folk don't touch you, but, but music you listen to. So, so I'm going to send a song and let you know. Watch this. I'm going to send a song with instruction. Still bless me. I, so, so I'm going to send instruction through the song. Still bless me. You remember when it was crazy times three and you just blessed him and you blessed him and you cried and you blessed him and look at it. Let me, let me tell you something. Ain't a soul in here who ain't going through it. We bless you, God. 
One more time, let's give God a hand clap of praise. Let's, let's make some noise for the Almighty. Can we make some noise for the Almighty? Hallelujah. We bless God for everything that has went forward. Are we still having children's church? Are we having children's church? Amen. Children's church is in effect. Children's church is in effect. Amen. Amen. I want, I want, to, I want to stop and show you something real quick. Children, stop right there. And I want you to look at how many of our kids are going upstairs, opposed to how many was here last week and how many was here last month. And what I want you to understand is that there is a war being waged against our children. And what's sad is the parents don't know that they're being used as the tool. There is a war, go ahead children, there is a war being waged against our children and the enemy has put the gun in the hand of the parent. Let me just go ahead and say, you that there has been a, a war waged on your children and what has happened is the enemy has put the gun in your hand so when you decide that you're not going to come to church for whatever reason that you've decided you're not going to come to church and you're too nasty and lazy to get somebody on the phone and say listen I'm not going to be able to make it but I, 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 I'd refuse to allow my children to miss what it is that God has for them can you come pick my kids up when you too, when you're too lazy when you're too caught up in your own mess that you can't oh God you hear me in here that you can't ensure that your child is going to miss that isn't going to isn't going to miss what it is that God has for them I have an issue with you I have an issue with you what do you do when the war when the war when the keeper of the war is the keeper of the house what, do, what, what how do our children stand a chance with parents who don't care enough to get their babies to church. If, if you're dealing with COVID, if you're dealing, if you're dealing with, with, with situations that are beyond your control, I understand that. I'm not apologizing. This ain't for you. But for those of you who know you are playing games with God and you're playing such a game with God that you have your children in limbo, shame on you. Shame on you. And they'll grow up in mediocre Christianity just like you. They'll grow up with broken Christianity, just like you. And the enemy will have his way with them, just as he has had and is having his way with you. And if you don't like it, there is something that you got that says, unfriend, leave group. You can do that because we are done being afraid of telling your silly selves the truth. We are done worrying about what if they leave and what, bye. You ain't with us no way. And what I pray is not for you, but for your child to be okay. There is more ways of neglect than physical abuse. There is more ways of neglect than physical abuse. And one of the biggest problems we have in the 21st century church for our young people is parental abusers. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. I said it. No sorry, because I'm not sorry. Tired of catering to your, your ways. Try to pay your way out of it either. It don't change nothing. It don't change nothing. You know, you can't pay your way out of sin. Amen. Hallelujah.
We bless the Lord. Amen. Give, give, me, give me the verses. Let's get through this so I can get you home. Amen. Uh, Job chapter 2. Job chapter 3. Job chapter 3, verses 11 through 15. 11 through 15. Job, J-O-B, J-O-B, Job. I want to read it out of the, the New Living Translation, amen. I think we got a mix up on the names of the scriptures, but I want to read it from the New Living Translation. And actually it's Job chapter two, verses 11 through 15. And the Bible reads, when three of Job's friends heard of the tragedy he had suffered, they got together and traveled from their homes to comfort and console him. Their names was Eliphaz, I'm gonna tear these names up, uh, Temanite, I'm sorry, El Eliphaz, uh, Baldad, and Zophar. When they saw Job from a distance, watch this, they scarcely recognized him, and wailing loudly, they tore their robes and threw dust into the air over their heads to show their grief. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and nights, and no one said a word to Job, for they saw that his suffering was too great for words. Job, let's go now to Job chapter 22. Job chapter 22. We're going to read verses 1 through 11. 1 through 11, and the Bible says, Then Eliphaz replied, I need, I need the other verses. Can a person do anything to help God? Can even a wise person be helpful to him? Is it any advantage to the Almighty if you are righteous? Would it be any gain to him if you were perfect? Is it because you're so pious that he accuses you and brings judgment against you? No, it's because of your wickedness. There's no limit to your sins. For example, you must have lent money to your friend and demanded clothing as security. Yes, you, you stripped him to the bone. You, you, you must have refused water for the thirsty and food for the hungry. You, you probably think that the land belongs to the powerful and only the privileged have a right to it. You must have sent widows away empty-handed and crushed the hopes of orphans. That, that, that is why you're surrounded by traps and tremble from sudden fears. That is why you cannot see in the darkness and waves of water cover you. May God add a blessing to the hearers, the readers, but most of all the doers of his word. You may be seated in the presence of a holy and divine God. Did y'all hear that? Did y'all hear all of those accusations? Did you hear all of the charges that they brought up against 
Job. I want to go back, Shana, did you ever get those other verses? Job chapter 2, verses uh, 11 through 15. Job chapter 2, verses 11 15. Because I have a feeling that what he just charged Job with, you won't have a problem remembering. It was harsh. It was rough. It was rugged. And, and, and in Job chapter, Job chapter 2, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of discouraging because I don't really understand what it is that they're going through. Because at first, the Bible says, when three of his friends heard of the tragedy they had suffered, they got together and traveled from their homes to comfort and console him. Go down a few verses. Uh, 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 let me see number 12. Let me see number 12. Let me see number 12. Uh, go down to 13. Uh, hold on. Here, tw oh, go, go, back, go back to 12. I'm sorry. Look at this right here. When they saw Job from a distance, they scarcely recognized him, wailing loudly, crying loudly. They tore their robes and threw dust into the air over their heads to show their grief. Not too many moons ago, 20 chapters ago, they found out that their homie was going through something, and they decided it's time to ride. 20 chapters later, they're not quite there. Uh, 20 chapters later, they get there, and they have begun to tell Job and if you re read it around 19 or something, I believe that, that Job begins to cry out and talk about what he's going through, maybe a little closer, to, uh, maybe not that chapter, maybe a little more before then, but he begins to, Job begins to talk about how he is, he's going through it and he's tired. He's, he's tired and he, he don't know how much more he can take. And, and, and the friends begin to one by one begin to question his loyalty to God. And then they begin to say, well, it must have been something that you've done. I would like to say in verses, in chapter 2, verses 11 through 15, I, I would like to say there was probably people watching. <laughs> that when they seen their friend going through it, and they could scarcely remember him, and they began to tear off their clothes and throw dirt over their head to, to say basically they're in grief. I just believe somebody was watching. Because we do our best rendition of caring about people when people are watching. <laughs> oh, Lord. For those of you who have or who were on the page for the Bible study Wednesday night, you heard me say that for the past few days, I have actually been working on or from two different devotionals. One devotional is strictly for men and is coming out of the book of Proverbs. The Proverbs are written by King Solomon, and they're very special to my heart because when I first began to read the Bible, in uh, and what uh, the, us Louisvillians call the old jail, you ain't from the ville, you won't understand that, but us Louisvillians call the old jail, I was taught that the book of Proverbs was the men's book of wisdom. Me having a desire for wisdom 
drew to the book of Proverbs once I heard once I heard that, and every day I would read those scriptures over and over again. In fact, one brother told me, he said, a method that he used was reading Proverbs. When it came to reading Proverbs, that, that I still actually try to use to this day. And what he told me, he says that since Proverbs has 31 chapters in it, it would be good to start reading a chapter a day according to what day it was. So, for instance, since today is Sunday the 17th, uh, I, I have read Proverbs 17. And, 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 and if there were only 28 to 29 to 30 days in the month, as there sometimes is, then on that last day, you would read all the Proverbs up to 31. And then uh, uh, on the first day of the month, you would be able to start at Proverbs 1. You say, well, how often do you do that? How often did you do that for three years, Pastor Lyons? Every day for three years. I did it every day for three years. I want to stress to you my belief in how, every, how, how very important it is for you uh, to take on the book of Proverbs, and especially for men. I don't know if I would be so bold as to, divine, to define Proverbs as the men's book of wisdom, but I will say that as a man, when I read Proverbs, I oftentimes feel that the book was written just for men. And, and, and maybe because from the first day that I read my first chapter in Proverbs over 17 years ago, I knew that God, if, 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 I knew that if God ever allowed me out of prison, that the only way I would be able to make it is if I burned these Proverbs down deep on the inside of me. And it seems that I find myself quoting Proverbs to men far more than I quote them to women. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I, don't, I don't want the men to feel like I'm shaming them. My, my daughter's got this work called body shaming. I don't know if that's what I'm doing right now, if I'm just shaming you. But, but since being in ministry and since I have begun to counsel folk, it just seems that wisdom is something God built. It's like he just built that in women and most women. And men, well, it's something that we have to search out. Then we wrestle with it, and then we might apply it. Can, can, I, can I take that a little bit further? The truth is, I counsel far more women than I do men. And in the first stages of my ministry, I foolishly thought that that was because women just must be weaker. I thought that they were easier to break down. But, 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 but I am here to admit that I was so wrong on so many different levels. And on the contrary, oftentimes, most times while counseling women, I learn of how wise these women are. I realize something that they don't. And that is, it's not them that always needs to be getting the counseling. When I listen to their stories, I find out that it's most often the men that they are connected to that needs to be sitting in the chair across from me. Let me just go ahead and loosen up the room with, with men on my own honesty. I, I know for a fact that if, if First Lady Miriam ever did counseling or went to counseling, her therapist would be thinking to themselves, Miriam, you're not the problem. I need to get your husband in here. Y'all ain't got to be this right. Y'all, I might, 
might not be that bad. <laughs> y'all said that with a whole lot of, you, like y'all done heard stuff. Amen. <laughs> like she done talked to you. <laughs> Men, well, we're strange creatures. We, we have to get to the point that if it's our fault, we be men enough to admit that and stop letting these women walk around here thinking that there is something wrong with them. Let me tell you something because you can do that to a woman. I want to talk to the men real quick. You can do that to a woman enough times to where she really begins to believe there's something wrong with her. And I want you to understand there will come a time when you, you get sense about yourself that you will, you're ready to play fair ball. You're ready to be for real with your woman, but she will not be the woman that you married. She will not be the woman that you remembered because of the psychological damage you put on her, making her believe that she was always the problem. I want to speak to every, every single woman in this building. Don't you believe? Don't you, don't you go into no relationship believing that it is always you. And any time that you are connected to a man that is constantly trying to tell you what's wrong with you, the question you need to ask him is then why are you with me? If I am so damaged, if I am so messed up, if I am so crazy, if I, if I let you down every time, then why are you with me? But as single women, I want you to get this and get this good. It is a red sign. It is a signal. It is a warning for you to stay away if they are constantly, watch this, not only blaming you for everything, but having the ability to make you believe it's true. Be careful of that. That joker knows something. He got something on you. He bigger than you. He bigger than what you've been through. You got to be careful about that. Married women, I want you to hear me and hear me well. That every time that you are being told that it is your fault, that it is you, that you don't understand me, you're not trying to take the time to see where I'm coming from, that is a lie from the depths of hell. You can't always be wrong. You can't always be wrong. Some of this is on us. And you got to be careful not to, and I tell my wife this, she gets upset with me about it, uh, because when I'm right, I don't apologize to nobody. I don't apologize to nobody. That's why, that's why, that's why people leave sometimes, because if I'm right, I don't apologize. If I apologize and I'm not wrong, what I do is I train you to be wrong, but still expect me to be okay with it. When you apologize for things that you have not done, you rob folk of their emotional responsibility of getting themselves together. Lord, have mercy. So I don't say I'm sorry when I'm not wrong. Women, you have to learn to stop saying that you're sorry. And let me tell you something. It is, it, it is a childish trait for a man to need to hear he's sorry when he knows he's the one that's wrong. It is a childish trait, and I want my men to understand this because if it's something that you do, let it be a blessing to what I'm telling you today. If you, are, if you know you're wrong, but somehow you change that up on her, and you got her feeling like she bad, and you high-fiving your neighbor talking about, I got game. No, you're a chump, and I want you to understand that there is something wrong with you. You need to come off the mama's breast line. You need to grow up because you are a child when you don't want to understand your responsibility when it comes to a woman. 
Don't you know saying sorry grows you if you meant it. Sorry makes you better if you meant it. Sorry could save things if you meant it. Now I'm going to go ahead and give up some of the game. And I gave my man card up years ago. They kept kicking me out the group anyway. The next time that he says I'm sorry, ask him for what? <laughs> because we have learned that most times when we just say, hey, I'm sorry, and smother you down with some kisses, the reason that we are smothering you, you ever, you, women, you ever dealt with that? He, he tell you he's sorry, then he, and, and, and don't even give you time to breathe. It's not that he's come to his senses. It's oftentimes that he knows that he's messed up. You're not going to let it go. So you say you're sorry, but the kisses stop you from saying, for what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to be a special kind of a buster to want to be in a relationship with a woman that you have manipulated and broken due to not being real. That's a special kind of buster. For real. You know, we, we, we lightweight looking for a buster right about now. Don't think church cats don't ride. We ride still. We've been, we've, been, we've been riding for a buster. He's been getting away from us, but oh, when we find him. Let me go ahead and just say there's not going to be any violence. <laughs> that sounded like a charge, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. We've, been, we've been riding for a buster because we've seen what was done to, to one of ours. You, you can't let people get away, men. You have a responsibility because, because, because these women are the earth. Life exists on the strength of God operating through them. You just can't let them get away with just doing things to the women. Lord, how much? I don't even know how I got way over there. <laughs> men, we have to get to the point to where if it's our fault, we'd be men enough to admit that and stop letting these women walk around here thinking something is wrong with them. Men who have lived with a woman who decided to, and to get this, men who have lived with a woman who have decided to see a therapist will tell you, men within about three to six months of, of her seeing a therapist, she begins to say things like, you know what? Since, since I've been seeing my therapist, I figured out that, that we messed up because, not because of me, but we messed up because you all jacked up in the head, and I think it would do you some good and do us some good if you went to talk to somebody. Let me tell you now, that is the worst thing that a woman can say, is maybe you need to go talk to somebody. Because the way us as men are built and made up, ain't nothing wrong with us in the first place. And don't let, <laughs> it's a setup if it's a man counselor. See, that's why, that's why dudes don't like me in church. That's why a whole lot of husbands don't like me, because when you leave here, see, see, it has always been my desire to see women empowered. Uh, growing up in the household that I grew up in and seeing my mother go through so much of what she went through, it was always my desire to see women empowered. And so since I, I have a ministry that empowers men, but it empowers women if they'll pay attention, you understand what I'm saying to you? Uh, most, most dudes don't like me. Yeah. The, the problem with that is, watch this, most women don't know their worth enough to take the advice, Lord, have mercy, 
to see it all the way through because if they would just see it all the way through, they would see a difference and they might come out of that thing with what it was they was looking for in the first place. But because Satan is crafty, he tells the men what to say and he, he watches when the woman is getting too weak to be able to carry out the mission and, and he hits her there and he hits her here and, he, and he, you know, he does a few things to her and next thing you know, now she and he's sitting at home looking silly, both of them mad at pastor. Ain't nothing got better <laughs> and the only thing that's changed is her chance, is her chance to be whole. Yeah, when they tell us that we need to go talk to somebody, see us men, especially if your man was a 60s or a 70s and, and, and a few 80s babies, we have a problem, for one, admitting that there is a problem. And, and if we do agree that at times we get jacked up on, on, on thoughts or whatever, we, we still not willing to go talk to somebody. And that's usually when the man says something like, I'm going to go to church with you Sunday. Oh, Lord. You, do you know, in the African-American culture, you can act a fool for six months in a row. And when it is that you have woke up and all your bags is packed, you have one time to play, I'm going to go to church with your card. Because she's been thinking for the last six months, if he just had Jesus. <laughs> Can't throw it away now because maybe... While laid up in the, other, in, the, in the arms of another woman last night, he remembered he needs, he needs Jesus to defeat this. Oh. That's what they're saying, grandson. Ow, ow. <laughs> so we say, let's go to church. Let's try. Let's give church a try. Because we have been taught wrongly that if we go to church, Jesus will fix it. We have been taught wrongly that if we go to church, he will chill us out and do away with our issues. But, but, but let, me, let me tell you something. You can come to church every time the doors are open, but, but if you are not dealing with your issues, no matter how much you sing in church, shout in church, feel better because you went to church, if you don't ever deal with your issues, then your issues will continue to deal with you until they destroy you. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Let me get back to task. So as I was saying before, I, I'm doing daily devotions and and from two different studies, one being a walk through the Proverbs for Men, and, and then the second one is called As It Happened, which happens to be a Bible app on my phone. This particular devotion has me reading the Bible in chronological order, and the plan is to read the Bible as it happened in a year. This study has had me in the book of Job, and as I have been dealing with this story of Job, the story has been dealing with me. The, the, the parcel of scripture that, that I shared with you today in Job chapter 22, verses 1 through 11, and it said that, that Eliphaz replied, can a person do anything to help God? Can even a wise person be helpful to him? Is it your advantage, is it any advantage to the Almighty if you are righteous? Would it be any gain to him if you were perfect? 
It is because you're so pious that he accuses you and brings judgment against you. No, it's because of your wickedness. There's no limit to your sins. For example, you must have lent money to your friend and demanded his clothing and security. Yes, you stripped him to the bone. You must have refused water for the thirsty and food for the hungry. You probably think the land belongs to the powerful and only the privileged have a right to it. Right there, let's stop right there. Right there you see a hater. To be honest with you, now we're finding out that, that Aliphaz is not Job's friend. He's actually envious of Job. Why? Because we understand that Job had it all. Now, in this first sentence right, in this sentence right here, he says, you probably think the land belongs to the powerful. Job was powerful. And, 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 and only, only the privileged have a right to it. Job was privileged. So right there, we find out that this is not a friend of Job's. You've got to listen to people in your successes. <laughs> let, me, let me back that thing up. You've got to watch people in your successes and listen to them in your hells. Because in your hell, Lord, have mercy. In your hells, they will tell you who they really are. If, 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 if you can watch everything like you need to, when you're successful, you'll see your haters then too. See, because if I love you, I'm the first to clap for you. Ain't nobody going to outclap me. But, but, but sometimes they say, when, 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 when you know, they, 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 y'all do some type of anniversary, y'all do something, y'all call me and Miriam up, and, and, and everybody starts, the first thing I do is I'm watching. Don't worry, you say, well, I know better to do that next time. You can't, it's in you. If you're a hater, it's in you. Until you get delivered, it's in you. You, you, won't, you won't be able to stop it. You, you'll keep doing it. The first thing I do is I look at who's really clapping. I look at who's clapping but tired. See, because if, if I'm your guy and you're blowing up and you're doing God's thing and God is blessing you because of it, I, I, you hear me? I'm just so happy for you that my tiredness doesn't take precedence over me giving you my blessing. You got to watch those that don't that, that really can't celebrate your shine. <laughs> got to watch them. Oh, Lord. Got to be, be curl. Watch this. And can I just go, I don't know why, I don't know why, I don't know why God's got me doing this. But some of y'all in relationships got to watch the ones when they get jealous of you. Some of you will get deep in this book and they'll hate you for it. Got to be careful about the ones that don't want to see you get deeper in Jesus. They see God operating mightily through you, but they can't celebrate you. Because, and you know the reason why they can't celebrate you? Because they know it's only a matter of time before you get to them. See, the one thing about coming to Jesus is there is always a spring cleaning that happens. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> and sooner or later, they're going to get to your closet. Lord, have mercy. And, and when, the reason that we don't want them to get to our the reason that we don't want them to get to our closet is because they're going to, see, then that's when you get tried. And when they figure out that you don't fit no more, Lord, have mercy. Then the question becomes, why are you still here? Some of you have been going back and forth here lately in your relationships, back and forth here lately in your relationships, back and forth here lately in your relationships, and it's simply because it does not fit. 
Watch this. And you ain't been going back and forth with the one person in, in the relationship with you. You're going back and forth in your head. And, and because, because, see, when God is doing a spiritual spring cleaning on you, he don't need the other person's input at all. This is between you and him. But I'm just saying, what if I can? It don't fit. What if I lose 10 pounds? It don't fit. What if I, what if I, what if I, what if I slide? It don't fit. Get rid of it. Verse number nine. You must have sent widows away, empty-handed and crushed the hopes of orphans. That is why you are surrounded by traps and tremble from sudden fears. That is why you cannot see in the darkness and waves of water cover you. Well, in reading that, one of my questions become, how you know what all can make God come against you? Maybe this is what you've done that's called shame on your life. How you know so much about what it takes for God to trip on you? I, I want to I start this thing off by saying, uh, there is no worse feeling than when you are going through some of the worst times of your life and you honestly do not know why. Yeah, you honestly do not know why. Oftentimes when calamity and tragedy strikes our lives and we don't, we don't know that our walk with God has been on point, we, we, we find ourselves going down a, you know, a sin checklist. Just to be sure we haven't messed up somewhere. When we find that our lives have been on point with God, and, 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 but, but it's crazy all around. You go through the, the sin checklist. I, I ain't cussed nobody out. Nope. I haven't lied about anything or on anyone. Nope. I paid my tithes. Yep. I'm praying, and, and I've been in my word. Yep. It, isn't it funny that when we go down our sin checklist, it's full of the things that we used to do? And full of the things that we used to not do. And, and, and we don't fathom sin. Uh, we don't fathom sin that we've, we've struggled with because that's the ones that we, we got victory over. And, 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 and are the ones that we know that we, we got to keep our eye on. We keep our eye on the ones that we used to do, don't we? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I, I ain't had sex in a while. Oh, Lord. Nope. Let, let me say this and move on. Be, be careful when doing inventory or sin check of just checking on what you used to do. Mm -hmm. Can I say that again? Be careful when doing inventory or having a sin check of just checking on the sins that you used to do. Because Satan is crafty, and while you're so busy watching these sins, he has actually baited you into something else that gets past most of us. L let me explain. Do, do, do you remember when, when you first really got serious about your walk with God and, and the first thing you done was let everybody know around you that you was done with the games? Your walk with God was going to be for real from now on. But, but, but the, more real, the more real you became about your walk, the nastier you got towards folk. Yeah, you know, you ever done that? And, and, and it wasn't that you meant to be nasty, but after sin having its way with you, and it literally almost took you out, it would be wise for everyone to know that you're not playing. And though you weren't a victim to sin anymore, at least not the sin that at one time had you, because you have put off, you have put all your guards around the sin-filled cell to make sure don't none of them get out. And when people would say things 
just jokingly, you would immediately give them the business because you didn't see joking. You seen someone trying to break some of your sin out. You saw someone trying to sin your, get your sin a pardon. And, 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 and after a while, people began to drift away because they felt that you had gotten saved and changed on them. And to a point, that's how it's supposed to be because change changes things. But, but, but you have to be careful that you don't do more than what the Spirit is directing you to do. Lord, have mercy. Because the way God operates is there is always two or three people who are going to be watching you, not as in hater mode, but more so in hopeful mode. They, they, they themselves are sick and tired of being sick and tired, and, and, and they don't know what to do. They don't know which way to turn, but, but if they could just watch you, then maybe, just maybe, they could formulate a plan. So you have to be careful to not fall victim to sin, but at the same time, you can't be so heavenly bound that you're no earthly good. People are depending on you being done with your mess so you can show them how to get out of theirs. You got to be careful. The first time I ever heard that my, my child's mother, may she rest in peace and God be happy with her. I had forgot to pick up my son and, and he had been, evidently been waiting on me. And so when she said, she hit me up and she said, you missed, you missed picking up your son. And I, I said, my bad. I found this, this alcoholic, and, they was, and I was rapping to him. And uh, they got saved. And I thought I was going to get a text back with a bunch of clap emojis and happy faces and way to goes, right? And I got a text back that said, don't be so heavenly bound that you're no earthly good. You saved a stranger, but you broke your son's heart. Whew. And right then, I, I understood that there had to be some, some balance to even this. Amen? Lord, have mercy. Let me get back to task. Well, one of the worst things to deal with is trouble on every side. And you've done nothing to cause it. And what's worse is that God is not answering you, and all of a sudden you feel lost and alone. When, when, I, when I read the story of Job, I understand that Job is under attack because of his righteousness. And, and it's his love for God and how God loves him back that Job finds himself in the middle of an argument between God and Satan. Job does not know that the real reason he is facing so much madness in hell is simply because God believes in him. It's one thing for God to love you. That's cool. But, but, but when you begin to grow deeper in God, you realize that God loves us all. But not everyone does he believe in. Ask, ask yourself this morning or mid-afternoon, can God trust you? Be honest with the answer. You, 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 <laughs> can he trust you when times get rough? Can he trust you when your money is at a place where you can live comfortably without him? Can he trust you if you had the husband or wife 
that you long for. Oftentimes, God cannot give us what it is that, that we desire because in all of his wisdom, he knows that if he gave you what you wanted now, he'd lose you for a season. And in a season, so much can happen. You lose so much in a season. Lord, have mercy. You lose, you lose so much in a little bit of time. Lord, help me. I remember taking two years on a 10-year stretch, and I took the two years, and I said, hey, you know, I ain't going to miss too much in two years. And then I, I got a letter that said, she's walking. I missed that. I, I got another letter that said, she said your name when she saw your picture. I, I missed that. I got another letter that said, they died. And the family wished you could be there. I missed that. You understand what I'm saying to you? A season can claim so much. That's why you can't, you can't give over to sin. You can't give over to Satan because by the time that you come out of that, ain't no telling what type of mindset you're, you, you ever made it. God, God ever deliver you, watch this, but, 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 but don't fix you up. You, you, you ever get out of a fight that you might have won? Lord, have mercy. But, 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 he, but he gave you a fight? <laughs> one of the worst fights I ever was in was the one where I didn't win it easily. I knew he was there. You, you, ever, you ever make it out of the hell that you was in? Barely? You, you disoriented? Discombobulated? Don't know where you're supposed to be? Don't know who still loves you? Don't know what rights you have and what rights you no longer have? You ever just make it out? Barely. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. Because in those small moments that he has you, understand this, God, watch this, Satan understands the call on your life. Satan understands your destiny. Satan understands everything that you're supposed to be doing. And some of you, some of you ought to get nervous about that because when you give in to Satan, guess what? He's giving you everything he's got because he knows because of the call that's on your life, he may never get a chance to give it to you again. Whew. Help me, God. With God and Job, they've been in this relationship, and God knows that he can trust Job. And so after God and, and Satan's last conversation, Job has, has lost his kids, he's, he's lost his livestock, he's lost his means to make money, he's, he's lost his helpers, and, 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 and now he's losing his health. And, and, and here come three of what the Bible describes as Job's friends to be there for him. There, there was a song in the 80s uh, uh, called Friends by a rap group named Houdini. Rest in peace, Brother Jalil. And, 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 and he who just recently passed away. The song went, friends, how many of us have them? Friends, the ones you can depend on. What, what, what it is that, when it is that I'm going through hell and high water, I need my friends around me to comfort me and to, to tell me that it's going to be okay. And don't get all spiritually spooky on me. I know, I know having God is all you need and all of that, but every now and then when I'm going through something, I need my A1s from, from day one to be there to let me know that they're going to walk through this thing with me. His friends have made a trip to be with him. The Bible tells us to comfort and encourage him. 
But soon after their arrival, they began to charge Job. They began to, they began to charge him saying that he must have done something wrong for God to come at him like this. Little did Job, little did Job or his so-called friends know that God was not punishing Job. They, they, they didn't know that Job was going through what he was going through because Job's guiltless in his walk before the Lord. And then some of you in here right now are going through some hell and some craziness and you really don't understand why you're having to go through it. And people are looking at you and wondering, what have you done for God to be coming at you like this? But after you go down your sin checklist and realize that you are where you are supposed to be with God, I dare you give God a praise right now because you are coming to understand that God is saying, I am trusting my super on your natural. Hey, hey. Hey, oh God, we just answered the whole thing, didn't we? We just answered something right there, didn't we? Why is it that I've been going through what I've been going through, yet I, though I've done nothing to nobody to deserve this? Help me, son. The reason that I'm going through what I'm going through was because a long time ago, I made up in my mind that I was going to follow Jesus. And not only was I going to follow Jesus, I was going to follow him with playing no games. God is saying, I'm trusting you, Lord, have mercy, while you're in the pit. God is saying, I'm trusting you while your body is aching in pain. God is saying, I'm trusting you while you're dealing with the confusion. And when this testing is over, it's going to be better. When this testing is over, you're going to be next leveled. You're going to be closer to God than you ever was before. So tell your haters, this affliction that I'm going through now ain't nothing due to me sinning. But this affliction that I'm going through is because I've decided to follow God. And you can laugh at me if you want to. You can charge me with whatever sin you want to. You can talk about me whatever you want to. But when this is over, when everything, when the boils fall from my body, and God bless me double from my trouble, I want to see you laughing then. I just dare you right now to stand on your feet and two-step on your haters and let them know that I might look like I'm losing now, but you've not seen anything. You've not seen anything yet. Every now and then, you just got to two-step on your haters. Sometimes you just, you can find me in church. You understand what I'm saying to you? While everything's going crazy around me, you wondering why I'm still praying. While everything's coming up against me, you wonder why I'm still praising. With everything hitting me in my head, you wonder why I'm the first one here. Do the most for the church. It's because I know that my life with God is right and God must trust me for what I'm going through. God must trust me for all the hell being thrown my way. God must trust me because what I see sometimes keeps me up at night. God must trust me when he swoops down on my kids and I don't know which way they gonna go. God must trust me. He must he must trust me. And some of you in here today, you ain't doing nothing wrong. And every hell that you're going through, 
And every hell that's going on around you that's connected to you is simply because he trusts you. What are you going to do now that you know he trusts you? Uh, That's why in the middle of your madness, he gives you more to do. (laughs) Anybody ever peep that? In the middle of your madness, he gives you things that has people's lives in your hands. Uh, You understand what I'm saying to you? Because God is telling Satan, not only do I trust her, I believe in her. And I believe that despite however you come at her, she gonna do what she's supposed to do. Despite how you try her family, she's still gonna keep on walking the good walk. Despite how you try to break him, he's still gonna be a man of God. Despite how you try her children, she's still gonna take the position. She's still gonna do what she's called to do. She's still gonna give hell fits. If it's anybody in the building that says despite what I'm going through God I'm ready for your more despite how I feel broken for some reason I feel strong despite what it looks like I'm ready for whatever it is that you've called me to do some of you some of you have been you've done no wrong Some of you have been doing your best to walk this thing out. And the only mistake that you've made is to believe that it's about you. You've been trying to figure out for years now what I got to do to please them. When they going to see they can trust me. When they going to see that I ain't such and such and such and such and such and such. And while you're in the midst of all of that pain, they start calling you daddy. Why are you in the midst of all of that hell and confusion? They say, I'm giving you a title that I've never given anybody else. They never gave it to nobody else. That they've never given to anybody else because I believe in you. God is saying, I'm trusting you in the battle. I'm trusting you in the battle. And you have to step back. And look at how many times they lied to you and told you it was your fault. Told you it was because of you. Had you second guessing your own sanity. (laughs) And now when you look back on it, you realize it was never your fault. I can't help that I was what you wasn't ready for. Don't, don't, don't get mad at me because, because he gave you what you asked for, but you wasn't ready for it. And he loved me enough to get me out of it. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. God said, Jamal, he said, the next chance you get, you need to watch this. Hold on. He said, you need to go ahead and give me a drum praise right now because people who are in far less good shape than you have had that virus and died. He didn't let it get nigh your dwelling. Oh, God. You ought to give God a praise because it could have, if it would have gotten nigh your dwelling, it probably would have taken you out of here. But God let it be in the same house. God let it be in the same house, but come nowhere near you. 
You should have banged, you should have banged holes in them drums. Didn't you stop and thought about? Hold on. Death is in the other room. My death warrant has been signed. All I got to do is touch the wrong doorknob. All I got to do is touch the wrong pot, and my life will be over. And he kept death still. <laughs> they said, they said, they said he's in the house with, with his people, and they got it. He don't got it, but he got a quarantine. And the Lord said, and I said, oh, my God. The Lord said, shut, shut up, boy. Watch this. I'm going to let death be in the house, but not get to his room. Y'all don't hear me up in here. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you ought to just lose your mind for God when you begin to understand that the warrant set and put out on your life was to take you out of here forever. But once again, God has been a keeper. Once again, God has been your strong tower. Once again, he's been your shield and buckler. Once again. He's proven faithful to you. We got four funerals coming up and ain't none of them yours. You ought to bless the Lord. Listen. Listen. Some of you in here, it is time for you to stop beating yourself up. You know, you say stuff like, uh, you say it's all good, but you know it ain't. Pastor, I'm just doing so much better now that I'm out of, no you're not. Because you still are left with the questions, why didn't it work out? I I've been faithful to you, God. Why didn't it work out? Some, 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 of, you, some of you don't understand. That, that, that some of the things that didn't work out in your life was like train wrecks, like car wrecks. Uh, I got a friend that just, he just recently went through a divorce and he said, he said, he, he still calls me Prem. He said, Prem, why, why am I still hurting? Like I said, baby, you've been in a wreck. You thought you'd pay that car off. You thought that car was there for the rest of your life. You thought you'd pay it. You've been in a wreck, baby. And, 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 and get this, you never know that you're going to wreck till you wreck. You, 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 until you hit the pole, you still think you can man the car out the way. You still doing this. And then boom, you hit the pole. The Lord told me to tell everybody in this house today, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. So some of what you're going through today is not because of what you've done. It's because of where he has you headed. And as humans, because we have a hard time forgiving folk for real, we can forgive folk when it ain't got nothing to do with us. But because we have a hard time forgiving folk for real, all we can be stuck on when, when hell is coming our way is what we've done. When the reality might be, it just might be where he's got you headed. And maybe God had to allow some things to go ahead and happen that was hurtful, that was crazy, that you couldn't define. If you had five pens and three dictionaries and ten sheets of paper, you wouldn't be able to define it. Maybe he had to let all that happen because of where you're headed. Maybe because of where you're headed, it would have stopped you and got in the way of lives being changed once you got there. 
You got to learn how to praise God in the pain. You got to learn how to trust God to where you say, if it don't, if it didn't work out, it wasn't supposed to. <laughs> because what door he opens, ain't nobody that can shut it. And what door he shut, I don't care how strong you are, you can't open it. Amen? You got to learn how to trust God to the point to where sometimes you got to say, it should have been. They just wasn't. Woo. That's a hard one to accept, ain't it? We could have had, what did Whitney say? Didn't we almost have it all? We could have been so. Lauren Hill said it could be so easy, but you'd rather make it hard. You understand? Well, sometimes you got to deal with the fact that it could have worked out. Now I still got to trust God. 